As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to make realistic improvements in their lives and reach their goals, however big or small. We are building a community of men and women who love to push themselves to overcome obstacles and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. I first have to apologize. I am a little under the weather with my voice, so just excuse how weird it's sounding right here. It's also going to be a little more casual today. You might hear my 20-month-old who is playing alongside me, and um, it's just going to be more informal and casual today. This is something I am planning on doing once a month. I will have a podcast episode around a topic that I have been thinking about or might maybe have some stories to share. And I might even have some mini interviews within those monthly uh, podca- uh, casual cod po- uh, podcasts with you. Um, See, so you can hear him now. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of goals. This is something that has been really transformative in my life, especially the past year. I have a long history of it uh, being an OCD goal planner and then being basically a non-goal planner. So um, there will be some stories mixed in. But before we launch into that, I just want to thank you so much for listening. And thank you for people who have left reviews. We've had more. I keep asking and you keep giving them. And I'm really grateful. I just hope more people can find this podcast. And that's why I keep asking. So if you like what you hear today, please make sure you subscribe. And if you can take a few more minutes to leave a review on iTunes, I would be especially grateful. So before So now it's time. Let's just launch right in. Let's talk about goals. So a lot of you know that uh, my podcast is centered around progress. Um, There also comes into play how people might have been too extreme in their their desire to progress in their lives and they might have leaned to perfectionist tendencies or maybe people who have never been a perfectionist and they still have a lot to share about how to make goals and to progress in life and all that. So there's going to be more variety there just so you know, not just recovering perfectionists like me. But as you know, I am a recovering perfectionist. So let's talk about my history with goals. The perfectionist Monica, the old Monica. um, Oh my goodness, like any kind of goal I can make, I had it. I I was a planner 
back in middle school, like OCD, school planning every minute of every day and also tracking things, you know, uh, my progress every day and, and how I was doing my various goals. But I think the problem with the perfectionist Monica, oops, sorry, I the microphone. The problem with the perfectionist Monica was that my underlying goal for everything was to be exceptional. And when you have the biggest goal be that you're going to be the best at everything and actually exceptional at everything. You liking those crackers? When your goal is to be the exceptional at everything, it's going to make you crazy. And as many of you know, it did. And I have gotten into that in a couple other podcasts as well as blog posts. So I will put those in the show notes if you want to know more details on that. But yeah, I meant I went more than just a little crazy. I went a lot crazy as um, a young adult. So after, oh, some big consequences for some long, harsh behaviors and OCD-ness, you know, all of that. I then went into the second version of Monica, and I'm calling that the paralyzed Monica. And I say paralyzed because um, I put my goals on hold pretty much. I just, I just put, I put life on hold. I was floating through life for many years. And it wasn't, I mean, it didn't look like I was a slacker. I mean, I was still, you know, doing things and being accountable and, and being a good teacher, for instance, and, and trying to be a good mom and a good wife. And, um, you know, I, I, some, some, some dreams were a part of me. Some, some still drive was a part of me, but definitely not goals. I was too afraid to make them. I was too scared to set myself up to get back into some old habits that I was trying to avoid that perfectionist side of me. So for many years, I, I ignored the goals and, and making them. And my goal was just to, you know, survive and, and just try to live through life and, and get better. And, you know, even though I was, I think I I recognized, um, about a year and a half ago that I was still not any happier for living that way. I, I was still living my life based on fear. Whereas before my OCD goal-making ways was also about fear. It was fear about, um, not being perfect. It was fear of failure. It was embarrassment for what people were constantly thinking about me. That fear was still underlying my paralyzed Monica self. It was, it was still driving my decision to float through life. And I just grew really tired of that. And I wanted to have a little bit of the old Monica back with me, that determined self. And I also wanted to have um, one that was also okay with making mistakes. So to combine those two Monicas into what I'm calling the real Monica. And this Monica is one who is focused on trying. One who is not letting fear rule and allowing plenty room um, for mistakes and for messing up, but still one who's going to reach for things, to have some passions and dreams and to to try, to try really hard at some things. So for the past year and a half, some of those goals for me have been, I, I one of my big, bigger goals that I put off for so long that I wanted to do was to write. And my outlet for that was the blog that I started. And along with that came Instagram because that's the way to kind of get people in to reading your blog, you know, is, is, is getting an audience. And, you know, Instagram has been a lot of work, surprisingly. Um, other goals have, um, 
have been getting some design clients for interior design work, which is another passion of mine that I was like, let's just see how this goes, because this could be something that I um, make a career in. This podcast is another thing that has come up. I've had fitness goals, um, such as learning how to swim, getting really strong. I've had parenting and spirituality goals, like spending one-on-one time with my kids every day and making work being in work times, except for today, why this little guy sit on my lap. So I'll do this. My live list, uh, lists of things that are just fun. Things that bring joy to my life, such as reading 30 books or trying 10 new restaurants, having five girl nights, exploring where we live, things like that. So it's been a year and a half of an, of an experiment, an experiment in making goals again and trying again and and, and bringing back some of that old Monica and, and but you know, the, the real Monica that I've been talking about. So the outcome, what has the outcome been of, of this year of experimenting and goals again? It's, it's been a mixed bag, honestly. It's been a mixed bag. Lots of stress, it turns out. Lots of self-doubt. Uh, lots of time invested in these goals. Uh, I'm, I'm getting up at 520 most mornings. I'm going to bed at around 11 to midnight most nights. And I actually need a lot of sleep. So I'm, I can be kind of grumpy. I, I worry a lot about what I'm doing. Like, is this, is this what I should even be devoting my time to? Is this worth the stress? Is, is what I'm doing connecting with other people? Is it serving a purpose? You know, I've, I don't have any design clients right now. I am basically drowning each time I'm trying to learn how to swim. And it's really scary every time I go to that swimming pool. And I'm going to talk about that more later. Instagram is, is so fun on some levels because I really connect with people that I feel are like-minded, but it's also not something I'm willing to invest more time into to create a, a bigger community, which is probably um, a bad tactic for what I'm about blog writing I'm I am doing less writing than I have because of the podcast so you know it's a mixed bag but here's here's the good part of it honestly I am happier than I've been in a long time even with all that stress that self-doubt the time invested the the struggles I am happier and I think the reason behind that is because I'm being me I feel like I'm me again. I feel like I'm trying. I'm bettering myself. I'm working on things. I feel more fulfilled. I feel like because I'm more fulfilled, I'm also a better mom and a better wife um, because I'm taking these times to have some dreams and to progress in ways that are important to me and that I'm naturally gifted in. And I feel like overall, I'm just in this metamorphosis, a transformation, and I'm becoming a better version of me than I've ever been. And there's something to say for goals with all of that. Goals, guys. It has, it's, it's ignited a fire in me and it's giving me something to work for. Now, I want to I talk about goals, <laughs> the how-to. Everybody is different in how they're going to create goals and how they're going to focus on them, work towards them, cross them off, reward themselves. There's so many different ways to do that. I am not an expert. Like, obviously, I'm not an expert if this is something that I'm only starting to do again in my life. So I'm not here to tell you the hows. I'll tell you how I've done it. Um, But I do have some tips that I'm going to share after I tell you how I do it personally. And, And these tips are something that I can be 
I think can be applied to no matter how you are choosing to make the goals in your life. So let's talk about how. For me, I'm just going to set up the foundation. I am not, sorry, my little 20 month old is uh, drawing, as you can hear. I am not OCD about my goals. I, I just can't. I can't be OCD. That's how I avoid the, the bad perfectionist Monica getting back in. But I am making them and I'm reminding myself of them. So I can be all over the place. I regularly forget about my goals and have to remind myself of them. And you know what? But overall, just even having made them and being reminded of them is really changing my life, I think. So for me, how it's worked the past, I guess I'm on my year two of doing this. Oops, you okay? My year two of doing this is at the beginning of the year, I planned out what I wanted from for my life this year. I had um, I divided my life up into a couple different areas. So let me look at my planner because this year I did it on a planner, which I've talked about on my blog. It's a right stuff planning planner. So I've got health, spirituality, mental, relationships, blog and podcast, design and passions. Those are my six categories that I started on. And I kind of brainstorm the different things I want to achieve. So for instance, under health, I have learned how to swim and like it, uh, become a regular cycler get strong, eat more veggies, more breathing, and moderation. So those are some of my goals I wrote down there. Under my, um, let's talk about spirituality. I put increased faith and testimony of God, Godhood head, sorry, Godhead and atonement. Turn to heavenly parents in prayer instead of myself because I tend to just get mad and rely on myself instead. Purposeful daily scripture study and going to the temple once a month. Those are my spirituality goals that I wrote down. So those are some of my brainstorms. And then I went through and I, I, I narrowed it down to my top three. And for me, those became um, my increasing faith and testimony and disciplining my children with love and improving my parenting. And the third long-term goal for me was to monetize my blog and podcast so it can at least pay for itself to make it worth the time that is going in. So, you know, you you brainstorm a list that guy did, you narrow it down, and then within those um, those three goals, I then got really specific about how I was going to do that. So let's look at maybe improving my parenting goal. That was my long-term goal for this year that I really wanted to focus on. So I have some shorter-term goals that I can then look at every day or every week. Connect with each child for 10 minutes a day. That's one of my goals. Read five parenting books over the course of the year. Is that daddy? You see a picture of him? Um, laugh more with my kids. Um, look into their eyes, which is another one. Um, when I'm disciplining, talking to them, all of that, just not getting so distracted. Getting Even if I'm cleaning the dishes, like sit, get down on their level, look in their eyes when they're talking to me or when I have something to say to them. And the last goal I have under there is to create photo books for them so that we have um, some memories to look together. So, okay, brainstorm, narrow it down, and then get into really making specific smaller goals underneath those categories that are going to help you um, achieve them. So I wrote those all down. And now my planner goes into monthly goals and weekly goals. And this planner has been awesome. It's been so helpful for me to have that again. So... No matter what your system is, I do think is a way, like find a way to systemize it so that you have it um, there. And I'm going to talk about that too in a little bit. So that's it. 
I, I just planned over the year. Each month, I then go look back at my goals and then I decide, okay, what are my goals for this month that I really want to work on? So now let me look at March. March, I have some things like house stuff that I want to get done, like fixing the settee that I was uh, uh, reupholstering, uh, touching up some paint. And then we have like taxes. But then I have some bigger ones for like my blog. Like I want to get to 2000 followers in March, which totally isn't happening, by the way. But that was my goal. Um, posting three times a week. That was a goal for this month. Um, so there's different things I have fit into that one uh, scripture study every single day of a book that I'm trying to read. So I did that for the month. And now each week, I go through and I just get, I write a list, a to-do list more of tasks that I need to accomplish and also goal-related stuff. So it's not that systemized. Like, honestly, I'm just looking at the week, like, what do I need to do this week? And I write everything down. And then I think about my goals, like, what can I do to also focus on my goals? So for this week, I've ran a list of tasks, but I've also written a list of people that I want to ask to interview on the podcast or uh, on my day-to-day stuff. I've prioritized what I need to do like the night before. I just think about, okay, what are the three things I need to for sure get done tomorrow? And I write those down uh, on that day list. So if you're in a need of a good planner, it's not too late to start. I'll send, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to the one that I use, but no matter what you use, use something. It's super helpful there. So guys, like, again, I am not perfect at this. At the beginning of the year, I was much more, uh, I don't know if the, the right word is fanatical, but I was much more diligent, I would say, about uh, going overnight, every night over what I need to do the next day. And 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 lately, the last couple weeks, that slipped a bit, but I've noticed the difference, so I'm trying to get back into it. So I'm not perfect, but I'm glad I'm actually trying. I think even trying to to even write down your list of things you need to do. And then also even trying on some bigger goals, it's going to make a difference. So for instance, for my fitness stuff, I actually write down each day of the week what I want to do for my workout that day. And it's not like I'm going to, uh, I'm perfect at doing it again, plenty of room for mistakes there, but, uh, it just gives me, uh, a, a, a week at a glance kind of, of what I'm going to do. Oh, was that too much? I don't know if that was too much for you. That's again how I've done it. And I would love to hear what other people do. I, um, I, we're also different, you guys. I think it's just finding what works for you. Personally, I need I need a, a planner. I need something paper to write down my goals and my tasks. If I have it on my phone, I get lost on my phone. Like I just, I, I automatically click on things I don't need to click on and suddenly I'm spending time on my phone that I don't want to spend that day. And that's actually something I want to do another podcast on is how to get control of our technology use. Um, maybe we'll do that next month. Um, but my plan, I, what I have, my planner is my tasks and my goals and my to-do list. You know, my phone is my, our, I use for my appointments that's what my phone is used for because I that's what's on me and it dings at me and tells me what I have to go to that day with my kids, for instance. So that's how I personally do it. Now let's talk about the tips that I have for you and then I'm going to tell you some stories, okay? As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Here are my tips for you. One, don't think too much. I think that's why a lot of people don't make goals. They're thinking too much. They're overthinking. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just like they're overthinking their lives and and it's hard to do. And they're like, what do I want to do? What do I want to be? It's too much. I can't I can't decide or I'm not good enough. I'm never going to measure up. There's there's a lot of pressure. If you're thinking too much, you're not going to get there. Um, So one, when you're even making the goals, don't think too much. And with that, I would also say when you set your goals, don't think too much about starting them. And I'm going to share a story on that in a little bit. So guys, don't think too much. Two, make room for failure. If you don't, (laughs) if you don't make room for failure, you're going to (laughs) fail. Okay, that's the weird part about this. If you make goals that allow yourself some wiggle room or that are so small enough that you can maintain them and reach them, you're going to be better off. And I have a story for you on that as well. And my third tip is to make them visible. I know I've talked about my planner. Um, That has been very, very helpful to have that in a central location. For me, it's on my desk, which is in my kitchen that I share with my desktop. So it's it's right where I'm going to sit every day. So it's here. I see it. It's easy for me to access. I don't have a big board for it. I don't have, um, oh, what do they call it? I don't know. One of those, I don't, I just don't have an inspiration board, I guess, where I'm listing things. Although that I've heard that really works for people to have that visual. So I would pick Put your goals in your space. Another thing I do is I have some post-its. Like I have one on my computer right now that has my word of the year, which is prioritize. So if I'm getting on my computer to do something and suddenly instead of writing that blog post that I wanted to do that day or just writing, I'm suddenly working on emailing back people. And I'm like, you know what? I need to prioritize. That's an important task. But first, I want to do what is more important to me today. And that's this. Or if you're getting on uh, Facebook or something, you're like, no, wait, oops, I need to do this first. And then I can go on Facebook. So making it visible in a way that's going to really help you. You can write it on your mirror if that helps. Um, I think Meg Miles, a former interview um, interview that I did with her, she talks about how she uses her mirror. She writes things on her mirror um, that helps her. Um, And then along with that, make them visible, make them known to others. You don't have to have your goals broadcasted on Facebook, but maybe that helps you. I think it can even just be a buddy that you, you're like, hey, here's a goal I'm trying to work on. Keep me accountable. It can be a spouse. I have a friend that I've been going to soul cycle classes with, and that's been really fun. Like we're keeping each other, we, we get each other there and it's, it's a lot of fun, but there's also not a lot of pressure either. So Uh, making them visible either literally in your space, um, visually, or making them visible to others so that you are more accountable and you are more motivated. So let's, let's tell you some stories now. It's story time. Okay, so first, 
I want to tell a story that ties into my tip of don't think too much. First, I'm going to share about my blog. So I I have, like I said, I've been wanting to write forever. I've always been a big fan of blogs. I was an English major. I was an English teacher. Although I know my grammar is not perfect. You just have to forgive me. That is not my strong suit. And I know that's um, ironic, but it's not my strong suit. Okay. But I love to write. And I hadn't for many, 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 many years. And I've always been thinking about, oh, I want to write about this, or that would be fun to share. So I've, Last January, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a blog. That's my blog for the, that's my, one of my big goals for this year before I turn 30. I'm going to finally do it. So I set that goal. And before I could think too much, I just went on Blogger because that's what I was familiar with. I didn't research it too much. I didn't find out what I needed. What does a successful blogger need to do? What should they use Blogger? Should they use, um, what's the other one? Should they, should they use Blogger or should they use, what is it, you guys? What's the other thing? Anyway, there's all these different platforms that you can do it. What about the design? I need a perfect design. I need a perfect platform. I need a perfect voice. I need a perfect text. I need a perfect, like, headshot. I, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> I just jumped in. I just went on Blogger, put a name. I had already overthought the name for a couple of years. I already had a name and I already had a general um goal for starting like a general theme behind it, which was progress. Okay. It was about being real and, and working to, and, and self-improvement. It wasn't about like, here's all the beautiful things I do all the time. Here's my perfect dinners. Here's my perfect children. Here's my perfect life. So it was, it was going to be real and it was going to be about progress. So I started, I just went on, I did my first post and then I posted it on Facebook so people would know. So I would keep myself accountable and be like, I put it out there. So now I have to keep it up shoot. (laughs) You know, it's like one of those things like, yes, I did it. Wait, I did it. (laughs) Now I've got to actually do it. I got to keep it going. And you know what? As time went on, that's when I started to do the research. How do I get people to go on my blog? How do I get a good, how do I get a good headshot? How do I take better photography? How do I um, make my design better on the blog? Um, And you know, I learned a lot of things that maybe I shouldn't have done that I had already started. Um, but you know what? It was okay because that was what was familiar to me. Like blogger was familiar to me. So that's what I started with. I'd heard about GoDaddy. So I'd used GoDaddy instead of Bluehost, which people say you have to use. If you're a blogger, use Bluehost. And I was like, well, too late. And it's okay because you know what? I didn't think too much. And that helped me. That helped me get started. The other story with that is my podcast. Another, um, background there is I've always been really interested in, in, broadcasting ever since I was a little girl. Um, that was something that I toyed around with doing. I wanted to be a newscaster. And that was my initial uh, plan when I entered college was to go into broadcast journalism. But then I just got really caught up with academia. And I just loved reading and I loved talking about it. And I loved history and I loved art. And and I, I just got wrapped up into that. And I put that broadcasting thing completely out of my head, but I've always been interested in broadcasting. I love listening to the radio. I love watching the news. I love podcasts. And it wasn't until this past year I started to listen to some more amateur podcasts. And I was like, oh, wait, I could I could do a podcast. I've always um, enjoyed, I mean, even when I was little, I would pretend I was Oprah. Oh, okay. Should we get started on my obsession with Oprah? That was something I watched Every day I possibly could. Like if I wasn't doing after school sports or or academics or whatever it was, I, I was watching Oprah. <laughs> and I would pretend I was Oprah all the time growing up. So I love 
I love talking to people. I love the idea of interviewing people and, and making a, a difference. So anyway, I've always had that little thing about a part of me like, man, I wish maybe I had thought about going to broadcast journalism because I think I could have been good at that. And it just sounds fun. It sounds fun. So you know, once I found those amateur podcasts, I was like, you know what, maybe I can do this. Maybe I don't have to be professional to start this. So one day we were driving from San Diego with my little family in September. We had gone there for a friend reunion and my daughter had gotten sick the very first morning, the early morning hours that we were there. And we had to pack up everything we had just unpacked and leave and drive 10 hours home because that's how long it took us. And I was sitting there looking at my, I was just, you know, evaluating. So where am I at? Where am I at with my goals for this year? Where am I at with my blog and what I want to do? And I was like, you know what? I turned to my husband. I'm like, I want to start a podcast. And he's like, oh, you do? I'm like, yeah. And I kind of brainstormed out loud a little bit. And I brainstormed on paper and I kind of narrowed down what I would want to talk about. And then I started making a running list of people I'd want to interview. And while we were on this long drive, I started looking on uh, Google how to start a podcast. Uh, went through a lot of articles there. You know, this is all just fiddling around. And before I could think too much, I started it. I just said, okay, I'm going to write my opening and my closing. Or I did that, but I actually don't use my closing now. I just use my opening as you can hear each time. I'm going to reach out to people and I'm going to ask them. And in order to reach out and ask them, I'm going to have to narrow down exactly what I want to talk about. I'm going to have to come up with questions. I'm going to have to come up with a purpose. You know, I just didn't allow myself to think twice too much about it. And I and I started and I made a lot of mistakes. It took me a long time to figure it out. But I think if I had tried to figure out podcasting before I actually started, I never would have started. I never would have gotten around to it. It would have been too overwhelming. I just had to set the wheels in motion in order for me to start. Like another example of that, uh, they say in all these podcasting, um, how to start your podcast articles. When you start your podcast, make sure you have three or four episodes already produced and drop them all at the same time. And that way your numbers get hit at a higher amount and then iTunes picks it up and then you get more listeners. No, I didn't do that. And you know why? It's because if I had to have three or four podcasts ready to go, I would never start. So first I recorded my intro and I dropped it. <laughs> And then that made made it so I had to record the next episode, which I had already set up an interview with a friend. And that episode took me like 12 hours to do, you guys. It took me that long to edit it. And it was like a nail biter. Like, I think I didn't finish it till two in the morning the day it was supposed to air that first podcast with Heather Fujikawa, which she was so nice to do. So you know what? Once I started, I knew that I'd have to keep going. So guys, don't think too much. Just make, you know, of course, make the goal. And maybe think a little about that, but don't overthink it. Don't get all, I don't know, don't get all metaphysical on yourself and trying to figure out who am I? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? And why don't I live here? And what's this purpose on earth? You know, whatever, just make some calls and then don't think too much about them. Just get those balls rolling before you can stop them and, and see where they take you. You know what? I don't know what's going to happen with my blog and podcast, but I know it's made me happy. And I know it's brought me so much information and I've learned so much. I've, I've talked to so many great people. I know it's helped other people and I know it's, it's fun. It's stressful, but it's fun. So don't think too much. 
the next one, the next story I have for you goes with my tip two, which is make room for failure. I know you guys have heard me talk about swimming, but let's talk about swimming and how that's going for me. So first, how did I make room for failure? This is how I set up my goal for swimming. I am swimming once a week for 20 minutes. That's it. I am watching that clock. Every time I circle back on my lap, I'm looking up at that clock to see if I'm almost at 20 minutes. The second I hit 20 minutes, I'm out of that pool. I only go once a week because that's all I can handle. Swimming, um, I've, I've written about this, so I'll include that in the show notes too. Swimming, I have a water phobia. This is not, okay, maybe it's not like a legit phobia, but I have a fear of water. I struggle with it. It was something I used to enjoy growing up swimming as a little girl. I've had a lot of ear problems though. So I had a couple ear surgeries that made it so I couldn't even shower without earplugs in my ears for many years. I'd go to the swimming pools. I had to have silly putty or special earplugs made for me. And I eventually just started to hate swimming. I couldn't put my head underneath. I would just doggy dog paddle. And I, I, I grew to really hate the water in general. I, I, I don't like the feeling of water. I don't enjoy getting splashed. I don't enjoy showers. I don't, you know, I enjoy the warmth, but I don't enjoy getting in the shower. I don't enjoy a bath. I don't, I hate swimming in water. I hate going in the ocean. Like, it's just like a general, like, oh, I hate it. My family, um, my in-law family, they play this game called the thimble game and they feel, it's not, Okay, maybe it's the water game. My family did it with a thimble growing up, but my husband's family does it with a cup and they put water in it. And it's not a little bit of water. It's a lot of water. And they play this game. It's like categories and they go around the circle and they have a category like candy bars and they're thinking in their head which candy bar they're thinking of. And you're supposed to say in the circle, a candy bar. And when someone says the candy bar that they're thinking of, they throw the glass of water in their face. (laughs) That was my worst nightmare. (laughs) And I played that game for like seven years with this family until I think a couple years ago, I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm not going to play this game anymore. I've got to be honest. I do not like this game. I'm just not going to play it anymore. And I mean, that's because the feeling, it's like I hate getting splashed with water. So this is all to say, you guys, swimming this is not a small thing for me. This is a big deal. It's really scary for me. I hate getting on my swimsuit. I hate getting in the shower to swim ahead before getting in the pool. I hate putting this, this, the cap. I hate jumping in. I hate that first paddling. I can't breathe. And I'm a runner and I'm not allowed to run really that much. I'm cheating a little here and there, but I'm not supposed to be running right now. That's why I'm trying to swim. So, (laughs) when I set myself up for that goal, I knew, okay, I have to start swimming because I can't run as much. Swimming is so much healthier on my body. It's going to be something I can do forever. And, and I always wanted to do triathlons and I never would because of the swimming part. So it's, this is a good time for me to start. Let's start now, Monica. And I said, I'm going to make it so I don't have to swim three times a week for a half hour or an hour or whatever. I'm going to just say one time a week, 20 minutes. That one time a week has often been like 15 minutes even. So there's room for failure even within that. So 
make room for failure. Don't set yourself up for failure by making huge goals that are unobtainable, that make you so stressed out you can't even start, that make you so overwhelmed that you can that you can't even achieve them. So let me tell you what's happening with swimming, you guys. At first, I couldn't even go a full I couldn't even make it a half lap. Like I would have to stand up in the middle of the lap and like hyperventilate, <laughs> like standing up in the middle of the pool and, and, and then panic breathing while people are swimming laps around me. And <laughs> I couldn't even make it half a lap. So now I can make it a full lap without stopping, even though I have to switch to backstroke halfway through just so I can breathe. Um, and now I'm starting to take breaths that are every other stroke to every three strokes instead of every stroke before I wasn't actually the first time I went swimming. I didn't even put my head underwater. I just did the breaststroke and I did paddleboard and I, and I didn't go underwater with a breaststroke. <laughs> so the fact that I'm now only breathing every other stroke or every two or three strokes, that's huge for me. That's what I'm working on now. So when you set yourself up for you make, your, you make room for failure in your goals. You make room for growth. That's what I'm trying to say there. You're making room to gradually improve and gradually make more goals within those goals. So my goal initially was just to be in the water and just to last 20 minutes, even if that means standing a couple times um, in the middle of a lane and, and breathing and, and panicking. And now my goal is to make a full lap. And now that goal is turning into breathe every two or three strokes. And pretty soon, I'm sure my goal will be to do a single stroke an entire lap. And then maybe my next goal will be to make a two laps without having to stop and hyperventilate. Um, and it's getting easier and I'm actually getting better. It's kind of surprising. Only one time a week and I'm improving. My strokes are improving. My breathing is getting better. I certainly don't love it, but I am not hating it as much and I am not terrified out of my mind each time I go. So those are my, that's my story with making room for failure, which is essentially make room for growth, growth and set yourself up to get some confidence. You know, that gave me confidence to even just be in the water for 20 minutes and not even really swimming gave me confidence to try the next week and actually put my head underneath. And then it gave me the goal and the confidence to breathe less. <laughs> so, you know, that really helped me. And the last one I have is uh, make them visible. I talked about how um, when I started my blog, I put it on Facebook. I said, hey guys, I started a blog uh, and it was one of those things I'm like, oh, nobody's going to read it. This is scary to put myself out there. But doing that made it visible enough for people to hold me accountable. And it made me keep going. Um, you know, and I've already shared some of my other things there. One other thing I'm doing is I am tracking every week uh, minutes that I spend in my bar class, in my with cross training or strength training or minutes so I swam and miles I walked or jogged when I'm cheating. So uh, that's also been another visible way for me to keep track of my goals. Oh, I do not know if this is going to be beneficial or what you guys are wa want to hear, but I did it. Here's my casual, informal podcast filled with a lot of mistakes, a lot of things I would edit out if it were any other podcast, uh, weird voices, long tangents. There you go, you guys. There it is. <laughs> my challenge for you. I'm going to leave you with one. I just want you to start with that first thing I said, to not think so much. Create one goal, okay? Just make one goal for yourself, just one. And I don't want you to think too much about what it is. Maybe go with the first thing that comes to your head because that's often the thing that you've been putting off so much. Like I put off so, 
I put I put off all my goals for so many years out of fear of failure or mom guilt, feeling like, no, I, I can't do that. I'm too busy. I can't take time away from my kids during nap time. You know, yes, you can. You know, think, don't think too much. Create a goal and just get started. Roll into that pool before you can think about it. Buy a swimsuit off Amazon like I did before you can think about too much. I already spent the money, so now I have to go. Another example is I bought some bar classes. So I paid for them. I have to go now. Uh, That helped me don't think too much. So create a goal. Don't think too much. Will you let me know how it goes? This, This goes with our do something challenge, I would say. Tell me how it goes. Direct message me. You can find me at About Progress on Instagram and Facebook. I also have my contact information in the show notes for a way for you to email me. Tell me one-on-one. What are you doing? Tell me what goal you just started and 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 how it's going. I want to hear about it because I want to share you guys. I don't want this to be just me. Tell me what you are doing, okay? And and maybe we can spend some time highlighting those on each podcast as well. I would love to do that. I want to hear about how you make goals too. Share with me your tips. What works for you? What systems do you have in place that helps you? And how do you keep track of them? How do you keep motivated? How do you keep on top of them? And how do you reward yourself? I've been rewarding myself by um, buying myself a workout outfit. I, for years, worked out in cotton t-shirts and baggy, uh, like baggy garbage bag pants. I would describe them. And I've slowly transitioned to wearing actual workout clothes, which is another whole discussion in and of itself. And there was a lot of reasons why I did that. And, um, but you know what? Rewarding myself, if I go a whole month of, of swimming once a week and going to my bar class once a week on top of my other little goals, I can get myself a little cute outfit. Or I can treat myself to a Ben and Jerry's or whatever. You know, they say to not make food goals, but... I just think, you know, you can celebrate yourself. Find something that would celebrate and motivate yourself. Okay. Well, that's all I've got for you guys today. Next month, I'll have a different topic that I've been thinking about and have some thoughts on and stories to share with you. And we'll get into that next month. Next week, I will have an interview for you with Rachel from Rachel Rebuilt. I'm going to talk to her tonight. So my voice is going to be just as bad on that interview next week. But Oh my goodness, you guys, I recently found her and the first two posts I read from her, I was like, I have to have her on the show. So I am so excited for her to be on. She has a long history with body shaming and perfectionism and, and she goes, she's going to talk to me about that story, this, this life tale that she has with the struggle of being so hard on herself and how she worked through it. And in a couple weeks, I'm going to interview someone else who has the opposite story someone who is a not a perfectionist at all. She is an anti-perfectionist and she's going to talk about how she has still made goals and worked towards them. So you're going to get both of that here. Thank you so much for joining me on this very strange, weird podcast. And I hope it's something that was helpful or at least got made it so you got to know me a little better and we'll just see how it goes and if this should keep going. And, uh, I hope you are joining me next Wednesday for Rachel Rebuilt. And until then, take care of yourself.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 